Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. And see, when you're about to invade the enemy's territory, the enemy prepared for you because the enemy is not going to give up his territory just like that. He's not going to give up what's promised to you just like that. So when you're getting close to it, he's going to batten down the hatches. He's going to call for reinforcements. He's going to bring about things to your life that might have not ever been to your life. But that's why that song is so appropriate because he says that it said that God is the source of our strength. So what that says is that when the enemy start batting down his hatches, when the enemy start calling in his reinforcements, when the enemy start drawing all his little friends and his little people around you and they pulling on you and tugging on you and zapping the power out of you, he said when the enemy start doing that, he said plug into your source. Thank you, Lord. Plug into your source. Because see, one thing I told God, I said, God, if you're going to tell me to preach this thing about breakthrough, I'm really tired of hearing breakthrough. Amen. It's going to become such a cliche saying in the church. It's the year of breakthrough. <laughs> you know, breakthrough in 2002. You know, breakthrough till you get through and <laughs> pray until something happens and push and breakthrough. And push. You know, I said, God, I'm tired of breaking through and it ain't never getting broke. There has to come a point in time where things got to get broken. Yes. Things got to get, you got to get through. Yes. Tired of saying the breakthrough, I'm ready to say I'm through. Yes. I'm through. Yes. I'm ready for the new dimensions. Yes. So God, what is it? What's the, what's the problem? Why are we not breaking through? Why has it just become some little cliche thing that Christians walk around saying just to make themselves feel good, just to make themselves sound like they holy. But we never see the manifestation. And I know God, in your words, you say that we shall judge a thing by its fruit. So God, if I'm never seeing this fruit, then where's the breakthrough? Why am I talking about something that I will never see? Not only in my life, but I haven't even seen it in everybody else's. God, what's the problem? Because see, I know it ain't you. Because Samuel 5.20 says that God is the God of breakthrough. He says that he's the God that breaks us into new realms. So God, you ain't the problem. You ain't the problem. You're not the problem, God, if, if you're the God of breakthrough, but yet your people are not breaking through. What's the problem? What's the problem? Then, of course, when you're having conversations with God like that, and you really ask questions like that, then he starts to give you the answers. Might not be what you want to hear. Might not be something that's going to make you feel good. Might not be something that's going to make your little itchy ears be soothing. Might not be something that's going to cater to your ego. Mm -hmm. 
but yet it's going to be something that empowers you, that will build you up, that will lift you to that next dimension. And God says, no, it's not me that's the problem because I am the God of breakthrough. But if you're not breaking through, then it must be you. Okay, that's a hard pill to swallow, God. That's a hard pill to swallow. If I'm not breaking through, it must be me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of them kind. I don't like to say, okay, well, if you don't have certain things in your life, then you must be living wrong. Because we talked about that the other week where, where Jesus said, you're asking the wrong questions. Because the, the disciples said, well, he must be this way. He must be blind because he's sinned and this, that, and the other. And Jesus said, no, you're asking the wrong questions. They ain't got nothing to do with it. You focusing on the wrong thing. This is only done so that you can see the glory of God. Yes. Aha, did somebody catch that? Amen. This is only done so that you can see the glory of God. So then God, what you're saying is that I can surmise, that means guess for people who like <laughs> vocabulary words. So I can guess that if those things are done for the glory of God, those breakthroughs are done for the glory of God, then it might be the reason why breakthrough ain't fully coming is because we're not doing it for the glory of God. We want to break through so we can show out. We want to break through so we can see how we do. I want to break through so I can drive my ride and live. I can see what I got going on. I want to break through so that I can walk around the job as the manager and make everybody bow down to me. I want to break through so I can live in a big house so people can come over and see everything I got. Invite people who really don't even like me over so they can see what I don't have. <laughs> really don't have because you living in bondage in a house you truly can't afford. But yet, we want the breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So that's, therein lies the problem. So then he had me to turn. Turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Because it's all word based. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 2. Because I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this thing. And, I, and, and, and don't get me wrong, God has broke through a lot of things in my life. I, I couldn't even have time to sit here and go through all the things that God has, has done and the breakthroughs that God has done. But sometimes, don't you just get that feeling that it's just like, it's just something it's like you can put your finger on it, you can smell it, you can, you can almost see it, but it just ain't, it ain't quite there. You're like, God, I know it's something else. I know, I know it's something that you really want to do with me. I know it's something that you really want to show me. I know it's something that you really want to tell me that just go, once I get this little yeah. thing in my life, then my life will never be the same again. Yeah. Never be the same again. I don't care how good my life has been. It won't ever be the same again. It can be even better. If I can just get this little thing. God, help me. Give me the keys. Give me the keys, because how many know that locked doors use keys? God is not an illegal God. You can't go down kicking down doors. Mm -hmm. God said, why are you kicking down things that I've given you keys to? Mm -hmm. My Lord. Mm -hmm. My Lord. See, kicking takes effort. See, when I got ready to come in this door right here, it was locked. I'm like, who locked the door? <laughs> I'm trying to come in, and the door locked. And then the enemy tried to, you know, I'm keeping real 100, tried to get mad, get me mad like, now who in it? Lock the door. <laughs> Knowing I, you know, I'm like, it's service. The door got to stay open. <laughs> but then God says, you got the key. Catch that, somebody. <laughs> See, sometimes we can get so mad at the situation uh -huh. that we end up 
kick the door down. I couldn't go kick the door in, and now I got to pay for another door. And y'all all looking like, man, what in the world going on with him? But if you take that moment to pause, and that's why I had to do, because instantly I almost went down. I'm keeping it 100 like I do. I almost went down like, man, here we go. Who go? Over something that simple, the door lock. My God. The door lock. And I'm getting ready to come up here and get a word, but I'm getting pissed off outside the door because it's locked. Can I be, can I be real? Amen. But then God just quickly, I took that little pause and it was, it was like I almost had forgot. I got the keys in my pocket. He said, you got the keys. You got the keys. See, some of us walking around in life, pissed yeah, off, right. mad, upset, yeah. mad at everybody else, jealous at everybody else, confused, busted, broke, disgusted, and we looking at all the circumstances around us, and God say, you got the keys in your pocket. You got the keys. So here, here are the keys. Here's the keys to break through. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. He says, when he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward." It was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Being unable to get him, get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they lay down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. Son, your son, your sins are forgiven. What is the key to the breakthrough? The key to the breakthrough. Sometimes the key to the breakthrough is you got to raise the roof. You got to raise the roof. Somebody say that. You got to raise the roof. Know what you're saying, though, when you say that. Don't just say it just because I told you to say it. Say it because that's something you really know that you got to do and something that you want to do. You want to raise the roof. You want to raise the roof. Amen. Because, see, what we have here is we got this man who, and it's a familiar story. The man is paralyzed. And we don't, they, we don't know how he's been paralyzed. We don't know the whole background situation. But we know that, we know that one, Jesus is at this house. He's chilling at the house. He's, he's teaching. He's doing some things. But it's, but it's Jesus now, so he done showed up. So now the house is full. Everybody want to be where Jesus is at. They say the house is so full that you can't even get in the door. And then you got this paralyzed man that they bring him on this mat. And they carry him. He's being carried by his friends. They can't get in because, again, the house is packed. If, if, if envision that in your head. It's, it's packed. It's tight. It, it's, you can't even get in the door. People standing outside the door trying to get a view of Jesus or to even hear what he's saying. It's like a sold-out concert. So he's trying to get in, but his friends can't get in the door, so they go up on the roof and they let him down in the roof, and we know the rest. Jesus says your sins are forgiven. But there's some keys in this scripture that will give you the keys to the breakthrough, to the breakthrough. The first key is 
in the very, very beginning. In verse 2, it says, And they were gathered so there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Speaking the word to them. The first key is you got to make room for Jesus. And we know that Jesus is what? The word of God. The word of God. We know that based off of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And then it goes on to say that what? The word became flesh. So they got these people sitting in this, in this house. And they are tied up in this house. And they listening to the word of God. They trying to hear what the word is saying. That's the first key to breakthrough. You got to get a word on that situation that you're going through. Because it says that he inhabits. He's there in his word. He can't separate himself from the word. So if you really want the presence of God in your life, then you got to connect with the word of God in your life. If we say in that song, he's the source of our strength. Well, that source is the word of God. See, there's a difference. There's two presences that God is in. See, we got him in his house and we have what we call an omnipresence and we have what we call a manifested presence. See, omnipresence means that God is everywhere. God is everywhere. The people, I know kids be like, well, how can he be in, in China and he in, in America too? And, but God is a spirit. So he encompasses everywhere. That is omnipresence. And we all experience the omnipresence of God. You can look at nature and see God at work. Omnipresence. You can't see the wind blowing, but you know the effects of it. Just like you can't see God, but you know the effects of it. The omnipresence. But see, what these people had here in this house was what we need to get through for the, man, for the breakthrough. And they had the manifested presence of God. What is the manifested presence? That means that you got God in a tangible way. That you got God in your life in a way that you can see him, that you can feel him, that you can touch him, that you can even almost smell him. Because how many know that truly God does have a sweet odor? Have you ever been in your house and you smell something sweet, but you know that it ain't no, it ain't no uh, little plug-in, or it ain't nobody sprayed no perfume? That is the manifested presence of God in your home. But you got to be able to recognize those moments. You got to come into those moments like Moses did. When Moses heard God, he said, this is hallowed ground. Take off your shoes. You got to be in that moment when Isaiah walked into the temple of the Holy of Holies. And he, he felt and he saw God. And he said, God, he said, take me apart. This, I'm not even supposed to be here. Know that when you come into that presence, you got to be like the people in the Acts 2. Where there was people on the outside, they had the omnipresence of the God, but there was people in the upper room, they said, what is that noise? And then they said, this is that. This is that thing that I've been longing for. This is that thing that I've been calling out for. This is that thing that I've been searching for. I hear it. This is the manifested presence of God. You got to be like Paul on the road to Damascus when he gets knocked off his horse. But he knows that the presence of God has touched him. And then he goes blind. But not blind where he can't see the spiritual things. But blind so he no longer looks at the way he used to look at things. Yes. 
See, there's no way you can come into the manifested presence of God and remain the same. That's why I'm convinced that the reason a lot of us don't get breakthrough is because all we've been doing is tapping into the omnipresence of God, but we refuse to go into the manifested presence of God. See, because to go into the manifested presence of God, that means you got to get rid of some things. That means you got to do some things differently. See, because when they used to go into the to the holies of holies, the, they, would, they would tie a rope around the priest. And then he would walk up in there. And the reason why they tied a rope around it, because just in case that priest wasn't living right, just in case he might have did something wrong to offend God, they didn't want to have to go up in there and get him because they know that they can't go behind the Holy of Holies inside of the tabernacle. Because what would happen? They would die. So if the priest died, they could drag him out. Mm. They would tie a rope around so they could just drag him on out. Mm. That's why a lot of people don't want to connect to the manifested presence of God because it's going to require you to purge yourself of some things. It's going to require you to leave some things alone out of your life. It's going to require you to remove some people out of your life. See, we happy with the omnipresence. Oh, God, I love you. Yes, you are here. I'm here to meet you. But we don't want the manifested presence because the manifested presence comes down like a brazen fire and it might burn some things away from you that you've been trying to hold on to for a long time. So you've been trying to hold on and taking that little nip and dip of that little drink every I'm so tired when I get off work I just need to give me a drink. Yeah, you don't get drunk, but God is calling you away from that thing. He said, I don't want no spirits that are not of me that's connected with your body. So now when you come into my manifested presence, don't think that you can take a glass of wine and then begin to pray. Don't come into my presence like that. Even when I was out in the world doing my thing and smoking and, and hoeing and doing all that stuff, God said, yeah, I want to use you, but I'm not going to squeeze my water out of a dirty sponge. Because if you take a dirty sponge and you stick it in clean water, it don't matter how clean that water is, you have infected it. And then when you start smearing around and wiping everything, you thinking you clean it up, but all you're doing is spreading bacteria. God says to come into my manifested presence, you have to be clean. Now don't get me wrong. We're not to try to clean ourselves. There's some things that you can't do without God's help. I couldn't stop smoking weed without God's help. So you don't wait till you stop to come in. You just say that, God, when I come in, you, I'm, I'm subject for you to burn it all off. Yes, God. Yes. Do with me what you please. Do with me what you please. Because, see, we can go to the holies of holies. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he said, the, it said in the word that the veil was torn. What is that veil? The veil was just something that hid the holy of holies. You had the holy part that was that was. Right outside, and then you had this veil. And then, kind of like how the Baptist folks like to do, no, I don't want to feel no Baptist, but kind of how they want to make the, the pulpit the holy of holies. Mm -hmm. And you know, don't nobody touch the, don't nobody touch the podium. This is just a podium. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing precious about this. This is just a stage. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing precious about this. Because Jesus gave everybody access to God. There's no man that's got a special key. No man that's got a special access to God. I don't have special access. All my job is, is to show you where the keys are so you can get your own access. 
It's like having a gym membership. All I'm gonna do is give you my buddy pass. I ain't gotta go with you. Once you get down there, I'll show you how to use everything. Once you connect to the word, the Holy Spirit will show you how to use everything. I ain't gotta go down with you. I can and I might, but I ain't got to. We don't have to put the man of God on pedestal like that because he's going to fall most of the time. Amen. But we got this manifested thing of God. See, when you get the manifested presence of God in your life, that's when you go from image management to authentic living. See, I'm convinced a lot of Christians are caught up in image management, image control. And that's why the word of God says that you have, that you, that you look like a Christian, you do everything, but you lack the power thereof. I mean, you got all the, you got all the accoutrements. You got all the things that, 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 that a Christian look like. You know all the catchphrases. You know all the right words to say. You know when to hurt. You know when to jerk. You know when to speak in tongues. You know all the stuff to do when it's time to do it. You very robotic with it. Image management. But God says, if you're really trying to get to this breakthrough, when are you going to get to the authentic living? Well, no matter who is around, no matter who is around, even if the paparazzi ain't around, you still got your Christian outfit on. You don't have to dress up to play the part. You always dressed and ready to go. He said, that's why the word of God says, be ready in season and out of season. He says, because it don't matter who watching. It ain't no matter who watching. It's how you living. See, the, the, the sermon of words don't mean nothing. If your sermon of your life is the opposite. So you can preach all day to somebody. But if you're not living what you're preaching, then you're just talking a bunch of noise. Amen. Amen. That's the breakthrough. Coming into that manifested presence. The next thing is, is like this man of God, I mean like this man did in the Bible. You got to be able to overcome your paralysis. See, I'm convinced that a lot of us are paralyzed. Paralyzed by what? Paralyzed by doubt. Paralyzed by worry, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by age, color, time, money, friends, jobs, school, we, anything, we can be paralyzed by it. And then we become so paralyzed by it that we almost become, we, we become worshipers of that thing. And then it, it holds itself over us. Because see, this man in the scripture had what they call palsy. Which is it, it, a, a funny kind of paralysis because, yes, you're paralyzed, but at the same time, your muscle can move uncontrollably. So that means you have no control over your movements, but yet you're paralyzed. You can't move when you want to, but there's something that can control you and make you do whatever it wants you to do. How many people live like that? You can't move when you're supposed to. You can't move when you want to. But oh, as soon as that friend called with all that mess and drama, now you in motion. Uncontrollable movements. Uncontrollable movements. Meaning you you act before you think. Just like I was about to tear the door down. You act before you think. But see, sometimes you got to think. You got to say, you know what? No. No, I'm not going to be uncontrolled. So you got to be like this crippled man. He didn't, he didn't have a defeated mentality. Even though he, and I, you say, well, he was laying down on his mat and he had to have people to carry him. But that's the whole thing. He knew that he couldn't carry himself, but yet and still he knew where he needed to get to. Mm -hmm. 
So you might not be able to carry yourself, but all you got to know is, I need to get there. And then that's when you got to find people around you to say, I can't carry myself, but I need you to help me to get there. Because see, he knew he had to get to Jesus Christ. See, we can't be paralyzed by things. Some of us are paralyzed by the past. Because, see, we remember the past better than what it was. And our future will look more bleak than it really is. See, the past sometimes can be your worst enemy. It can hold you in bondage. It can hold you trapped down because that's what you used to be. That's what you used to do. That's what you used to say. That's how you used to dress. See, don't get caught up with a bunch of used to bees. Used to bees don't make honey. Go to bees don't make honey either. All you got to do is be. You got to be. Bees make honey. Amen. You got to pick yourself up. You got to say, you know what? I got to, I, I realize that, that this thing is paralyzing me. I've been wanting to do this thing in my life. I've been wanting to get this next job, but I'm so scared that if I, if I, if I leave behind this job, then I'm going, I'm going, I'm not going to find one like this, or I never get to work on my dream job. The devil is a lie. See, now what? God, don't make God have to be no fool now. Don't quit your job and say, God, are you the source of my strength? <laughs> no, what God may be telling you to do is keep working the job you got, but at the same time, put in resumes to other jobs. Don't be, don't just, don't just give it all up cold turkey. See, a lot of us will do that. God called me off my job. God didn't call you off your job. You just lazy and tired of working. <laughs> don't put God up in all your mess. And then when things don't manifest, when things don't show up, then you say, well, God must not, it must not be the time. It must not be the time. No, you didn't hear properly because you wasn't in the presence. You wasn't in the presence. And then you couldn't get yourself in the presence. And then you didn't have friends that could carry you into the presence like this man did right here. See, in verse three, it says that, it says that what? And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. I like that verse right there. That verse is so powerful. Why is that? Because see, sometimes we're talking about breakthroughs. And we know that to really start your process of breakthrough, you got to come into that manifested presence of God. And then you got to overcome the things that might be paralyzing you, that doubt, that worry, that fear, your past, your friends, whatever might be paralyzing you. But then this verse 3 right here, I think is really just one of the, the root foundations of that, that breakthrough that we really looking for. And it says basically that they bringing him to, to, to Jesus. What is that saying? You got to be in the right company. The word says, know who you labor with. Know who on your side. Know who on your team. See, everybody in your boat ain't rowing. Some people got their little drill out and they drilling holes. They rowing with one hand and drilling with another. Some people ain't your friends. See, it says right here, it says that they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. See, four is the number of direction. See, those men who was carrying this man could have carried him in any direction. See, the people you around will carry you in the direction that, that, that you might not want to go in. 
Be careful of who you, your mama used to probably used to tell you younger, be careful who you run with. You know, birds of a feather flock together. But that's true. If I want to know you, all I got to do is meet your friends. Because you're either going to be the polar opposite of them, and then I got to wonder why you even hang with them, or you just like them. Be careful of who you around. Because see, this man had friends who said, you know what? I know you're down. You know what? I know you paralyzed. You know what? I know you ain't got it all going on right now. You don't have to worry about putting on your image around me like you got it going all together. Like you blessed and highly favored. You ain't got to put on the show for me. When you come to me, I'm your friend. I know what you're going through. I know the hurts that you're going through. I know what you're feeling. I know how it is. I know what it's like to be down and not have nothing to hope on but God. I done been there. See, when you get friends like that, where you can take off the mask, where you can take off the costume, where you ain't got to be blessed and highly favored all the time, when you can say sometimes, you know what, I'm tired as hell of this thing. Right. Amen. When you can say that around that person and they still hanging with you, then guess what? You in the right company. Because it says right here in this word, it says they came bringing to him, bringing, bringing. That word, I, I looked at that word, it jumped out at me. Because when you're bringing something, that you, it, it's like, first of all, you have to pick it up. And then you have to walk with it. And then you have to take it the way it was going. And then you even had to let it down to make sure it made it there safely. So then I looked at the word in the Greek, and it, it means it means that to, to, to carry a burden for something or with you or to endure. See, if you're around people who ain't willing to carry your burden with you, then you might be around the wrong people. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, don't be one of the people who, 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 who codependent. Don't be a leech now. I ain't saying that. <laughs> Well, every time you call your friend, you got some sob story, you got something to say, because then they might start looking at the caller ID a little more frequently. Because there's a difference between it's a difference between empowering and enabling. So you can enable people who don't really want to be helped, but you empower those who want to be helped but can't help themselves. It's a difference. See, when people calling you up every month asking you to help pay their bills like you they paycheck, that's enabling. <laughs> but somebody who might have lost their job and then they out on down on bad luck or, or things going bad in their life, then you can empower them. You can help them transition. See, that's what happens. Your friends are only in your life to help you transition. And see, thank you, God. See, some of us miss that. Because, see, not all friends in your life forever. Right now. All right. See, some of us are trying to transition into new dimensions, trying to go into new things, but we're trying to bring the old friends with us. Mm-hmm. We're trying to bring, because that little boy for, man, we grew up together. Oh, that's fine and good. He transitioned you to a point. Now it's time to say, you know what? Enter into the promise yourself. Wow. Right. Moses didn't even get to go into the promise. Now, true enough, it was because he was disobedient, but at the same time, he didn't get to go in. Everybody don't get to go in. Friends are in your life to transition you. 
If you don't got a mom in your life, sometimes those friends show up to be like that mother. If you ain't got a sister or brother, sometimes they show up to be that sister or brother. Until you get to that point, now it's time to transition. The worst thing we can do is stay with somebody too long. That's right. And it ain't like you gotta leave on bad terms. You ain't my friend no more. Get out of my life. God told me I'm transitioning, and now you got to get the same get thee behind me. It ain't gotta be all that. That's not what I'm telling you to go out and do. All I'm saying is know the season, know the time and the hour. Everybody can't go. Because it might be when you step into that promise that there's so much fighting going on that your friend get took out. And God says, I don't even want, they ain't ready for that yet. They not ready for that. You might have to circle back around and come back and get them later. Mm. You might got to do the Harriet Tubman on them. You can't take, you think when she left and she took somebody with her? No, she's like, you know what? I'm out. I'm different. <laughs> and then when she came back to get the ones who she was trying to get, do you think she played the convincing game? No. 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 She's like, is it coming? Come. If you ain't stop. <laughs> I'm convinced when God has you in that perfect time and that perfect place with those right people at that time, you don't have to convince them of where you're going. You ain't got to say it's pretty over here. It's better over here. It's more over here. You can be good over here. You ain't got to say all that. All you got to say is you come and come. They ain't even got to know where you're going. They just know if you're going, it must be right. Right, right. But don't take people who God has already told you. He already told you. Leave them behind. It's okay. It's okay. It don't mean y'all got to not be friends no more. It's just instead of talking every day, you might talk every once in a while. Mm -hmm. It's okay. okay. It's okay. God is saying it's okay. I don't know who that's for, but it's okay. It's okay. Because, see, everybody ain't going to carry your burden. If you really want to know who your true friends is, get into some problems. Adversity brings out character. The university of adversity. You will get a Ph.D. in character. And your friends, some of them, might not pass. But right here, real quick. Jesus had these people, and he says, being, they said being unable to, to get to him, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. See, these were some roof raisers. See, they came to this door. So you got to have some friends that ain't going to be denied. You got to have some troopers on your side who ain't going to be denied, just like you. Because I can even imagine the, the paralyzed man laying there, and the friends get to the door, and they say, we can't even get in. He might have just looked up to him and said, take me up to the roof. See, sometimes you got to change your viewpoint. You got to raise yourself up above your circumstances. The circumstances of the people trying to keep you here. But God is calling you up here. He said, take me up to the roof. And his friends said, you know what? Yeah, let's go on up to this roof. So they imagine, imagine you, I don't care what size he is, imagine you trying to carry somebody laying down on a mat up a roof. Now, true enough, back in that time, they had like ladders because of, they did a lot of walking across their roofs. You can walk from in that time from roof to roof, all the way to the city gate. You didn't even have to touch the street. And that was, that was really for, also for, for, um, for defense purposes when people attacked. So they had to come up on this roof and then they started saying, they started pulling away the roof. So now you got to put some work in. You already don't work to get there. And you get there and you realize 
man, I almost was about to break through, but there's a crowd, and the word says there's a press. See, sometimes when you're getting ready to break through, there might be some pressure, because see, the breakthrough comes at resistance. So see, there's going to be something pushing back on you just as hard as you're trying to push to get through, because see, the resistance is there. It ain't there to stop you. It's only there to make you stronger. Because, see, when you finally push through that resistance, when you finally push through that pressure, now you're stronger so that when you finally get to your promise, it won't be easily taken away from you. So you can't go into your promise in the weakened state that you're already in. So that's why God said, don't worry about the pressure that you're going through right now. Don't worry about the resistance that you're facing right now. Don't worry about the attacks that you're going through right now. That's why it says in my word that, the, that you are more than a conqueror. What does that mean? That means that I'm only using this thing so that you can build up your strength. So that when you finally get what I've often ordained to you, then guess what? You won't lose it. You won't lose it. Because now you'll be strong enough to hold on to it. You'll be strong because you pushed through the pressure. You came through the pressure. You will not be denied. And then you got people around you that they willing to put in the work also. They willing to raise the roof. They It says in the word that they begin to pull the roof off, which was made out of clay. And then it had like clay and sticks laid across beans. And they started ripping this clay and all this stuff off. Well, what does that clay represent? It says that we were made out of the clay and out of the dirt. So that clay represents humanity. What does that roof represent? Roofs are resistance or limitations. So what are these people helping this man do? He's helping them to remove our human limitations. That's the key to breakthrough as well, is that we got to remove our limitations. He says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, all your ways, all your ways, acknowledge me, acknowledge God, acknowledge God in all your ways. Don't lean to your own understanding. Those are limited. You only can go as high as the roof, but I'm above the roof. I'm above the stars. I'm above the moon. You got to remove your limitations. And see, on this roof, they had these things called what they call battlements. And, and if you imagine a roof was flat, and then they had like a wall probably about as high as, as, high as this, this podium. And then they had little gaps in between. And what again, that was a defense measure. It was where they could sit down with arrows and shoot out at, at people who might have been, been attacking. And then they could just duck down behind it from up on top of their roof. It was called a battlement. And then the Mosaic Law even made it law... That where you had to have these things put on your roof so that even when people was up there, they would not fall over. It says in Deuteronomy so they won't fall in the street and then you have blood in your house. Well, what is all that saying, Antonio? This is what they're saying. That when you're getting ready to go through your breakthrough, that there might be an enemy that's sitting up there with, with the arrows. And they might be up there shooting down at you and shooting them, using you as target practice. But God says, all you got to do, like these men did, is hold up your shield of faith. Hold up that shield of faith and know that no matter what the enemy is coming at you with, all you got to do is block it with your faith. Saying, you know what? God, by your stripes I am healed. Bam! That come that next down. When the enemy come in with, with your finances, God, I know that you're going to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I'm going to put up my shield of faith. God, it does 
doesn't matter. That no matter what, I'm going to have the patience and long suffering. No matter what I got to go through, I'm going to put up that shield. God, it doesn't matter how much I'm having to go through in, in this situation. I know that you are going to have me more than a conqueror. Yes. I'm going to put up that shield of yes. faith. God, I know that no matter what, that you chose me, that yes. I am a royal priesthood. So I'm going to put up my shield of faith. So you got to put it up. Because see, the enemy going to try to keep you off that roof. Because yes. he knows that when you get on that roof, then at that point, you can get down to manifest the presence of God. And then, like I said, the roof serves as a rail also. So what is that? That's the beauty part. Once you get up there, you won't fall. You won't fall. So you can walk all around in your promise and you got a rail of protection around you. Now you can use what the enemy meant for bad against the enemy. Now you sitting up on the roof and now you picking off the enemy from your rooftop. Amen. Amen. And then closing right here, he, once he gets to this breakthrough part, he says, then son, your sons are for, your sins are forgiven. That's the breakthrough. See, we started with the fact of what? That you got to make room for Christ. You got to make room for the word of God in your life. You got to have room. I mean, you got to spend some time with this word. You can't break through with something that you know nothing about. You, you can't connect to a source that you don't know. Then you got to overcome your paralysis. You got to overcome what's holding you back. That might be your job. That might be the way you think about your finances, the way you think about your relationship, the way you think about your mom, your daddy, your sister, your brother. It might be your word, your doubt, or your fear. Then you got to be in the right company. You got to be around the right people who will not be denied. Who It's better for somebody to carry you than to drag you. There's a lot of people in your life that are just trying to drag you down. Find the people that will carry you and lift you up. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And then you can't be refused to be denied, and you got to remove all the limitations from your mind. Quit worrying about how things going to work out. You just do your part, God going to handle the rest. Do your part, and God will handle the rest. Don't make God into a genie. Do your part. And he'll handle it. That's how you get supernatural. God is the super. We the natural. Do your part and you'll handle the rest. If you got me healing in your body and God done told you need to lose weight. I mean, the doctor done told you need to lose weight. Do your part. You can't pray weight off. You didn't, you didn't pray it on. You didn't pray it on. Push away. Push away. But then it says right here, this is how I know he had breakthrough. Because he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. And he says, your, because then he's making it personal. Personal. He didn't say y'all like we do in the South. Y'all or everybody. He said, your. So he's saying, your breakthrough is personal. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're trying to get. He knows what you're trying to break through to. He says, yours is personal. This thing is personal. Like they say in them old boss dude, this ain't business, it's personal. This is personal. It's about me and God trying to get through this thing. He says, your sins are forgiven. He says, basically saying that your sins, sins are anything that separates you from God. Don't get it twisted. Well, this sin, that sin. No, it's anything that separates you from the will and the purpose of God. 
And he says, but those are forgiven. Forgiven. Meaning don't worry about it no more. Quit doing it. Repent. Turn those things. Like we said last week, if those people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll heal the land. So then he's saying, all that stuff is forgiven. You do your part. All you got to do is, 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 is know that I have forgiven you. And then it says, I like the part right here is where it's talking about. He says, son. That's the breakthrough part. That's the breakthrough part. Why is that? Because, see, when he says son, there's a big difference in, 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 in Jewish culture between a child and a son. See, when you're a child, you're no different than a slave in Jewish culture as far as inheritance is concerned. When you're a child and you got slaves in the house, and if the master died or the, 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 the dad of the house died, then everybody got equal parts, slaves and the children. But then once you became a son and you were a, adopted, see, their adoption was different. It wasn't, they, they had the regular, we think of adoption, get somebody else's family and bring them into yours. But their adoption was rooted in the fact of when that child became a son. That's why they still practice bar mitzvahs when you go from a child to a son. And all that represents, in a nutshell, is maturity. Maturity. Which God is saying right here, son. He's saying maturity. Maturity. Because now you're about to break through. Now you are there. Now you are here where you're supposed to be. You have come into my manifested presence. You have done the things that you're supposed to do. You have given up the things that you're supposed to give up. Now I can elevate you to the new dimension. I can bring you from childhood to sonship. Everything that was meant for you, I can now bestow upon you. The breakthrough is there. No matter if I'm here or not, it all belongs to you. Because now you are a son. You are a son. You are a son. God is saying it's time. It's time for it. That's why it says in the word of God, it says that all the earth cries out for the sons of God to manifest themselves. So it's time out for the omnipresent. We know that God is present. We know that. But now God is saying he wants to pour out his spirit amongst all the people so that the sons and daughters shall prophesy, speak the word of God in the people's lives. In the people's situations. That's how we get the breakthrough.